listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board-certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And it is uh, really my pleasure to introduce uh, Robin Heron, carnivorous grandma, who's here to share her exploration of carnivore diet and lifestyle. And I'm really grateful. She was uh, so kind to invite me to uh, uh, be interviewed on her channel. And I had so much fun and I've been inspired by what she's doing. I just wanted to get a chance to share Robin's words uh, with us. So uh, welcome, Robin. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. I really appreciate the invitation and I'm so glad to be here. So excited to talk with you again. Well, it is a pleasure and we're meeting so many amazing people on this uh, on this journey. Love social media. So many so many amazing people showing up and sharing their energy. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this crazy carnivore space. Okay. Um well, of course my name is Robin Heron. And I am 57 years old. I am a grandmother of 11. I have four grown kids and um, 11 grandchildren uh, that come from three daughters. My son doesn't have children yet. So um, it is quite a hectic lifestyle with having this many grandkids and kids. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, they're coming over Sunday to have a, a birthday party here at my house. So that'll be fun. Um, but I, I got into the carnivore space. Well, I'm from Michigan. Let me just say that I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes, there really is a Kalamazoo and I'm here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Nice. Uh, so I was, I have heard about carnivore several years back. Um, and I was intrigued just by the idea of eating only a meat-based uh, lifestyle. But I was like, that sounds absolutely insane. It's like not what normal people would do to <laughs> just eat only meat. Um, and so I just kept hearing about it and hearing about it from different content creators. And I, you know, I, I watch a lot of YouTube and stuff. So uh, the more I watched about carnivore, the more carnivore content I started to see on my channel. Um, but mainly, um, I watched Dr. Barry, um, and I saw him go from keto to carnivore. And I was just like really impressed with how, um, he was thriving on carnivore. Um, so I decided to give it a try. Um, I actually had thought about it many times and just didn't, didn't really want to jump off the cliff yet. Uh, but back in February, I decided that I would just go ahead and try it. Um, because I had some issues that I wanted to try to clear up some eczema type of things. And, um, of course weight loss, but we'll talk about this probably a little bit more, but I've been forcing my weight down through a variety of diets. So, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not that big, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't beyond the threshold where I, where I say no more, you know, you got to go on a diet. So, um, I just started carnivore on February 22nd, 2023. Wow. And it's been amazing. 
how long you've been in the keto world or did you do stuff that, did you were you on sort of this constant uh, dieting in the past and always working on on weight like so many of us yeah i started dieting when i was 11 and i clearly remember just eating only like raw ground beef for a little little while but my mom wasn't very happy with that and she told me that i you can't eat that that's gross um, I remember just eating only carrots for a while, um, trying to lose weight because I always felt fat, even though I probably wasn't very fat. Um, I, um, you know, people would poke my stomach. I was a little bit chubby, a little bit on the heavier side. Um, and um, and so I always had this sense of being overweight from a very you know young age. Um, and so I tried dieting, I tried cutting calories. Um, I remember my mom was always on a diet too, when I was a kid. Hmm. So she was always dieting and trying to lose weight and stuff like that. So I, I followed that same pattern. Um, and I tried many, many diets. Um, I tried, uh, Weight Watchers and I tried, of course, the calorie counting and, uh, trying to eat more, eat less and move more. <laughs> <laughs> eat less and move more, you know, uh, trying to lose weight. Um, and so I consistently would keep my weight down and then I would gain a lot of weight and then lose weight again, doing a different diet. I did the medical weight loss, which is like you go into the doctor's office and they give you B12 shots and you buy their food and it's no salt and just all kinds of diets. In the early 2000s, and they, worked, I, and they worked well. They worked, but you know, I just couldn't sustain myself on them. So I would always go back to my normal way of eating. Mm. And when I did that, I would always gain all my weight back plus more. So, um, but I have a threshold. So if I get up to around 200 pounds, 199 pounds, I force my weight back down through a, a, a diet. Uh, so, um, never really getting to my goal, but I've lost a lot of weight on different diets, um, but I always ended up gaining all that weight back. Um, in the 2000, early 2000s, I heard about Atkins and I tried Atkins and it was amazing. And I was like, this is the holy grail. This is exactly what I need, the Atkins induction phase. Um, and I stayed in induction, but I was hearing like, induction is bad for you. You can't stay in ketosis too long. Right. Um, you know, keep your carbs around 24 too long. So I tried to climb the carb ladder. Um, and as I did that, I went back to my old ways of eating again and again. And I kept trying to go back to it, but it was just a struggle to get back to it. Of course, I heard about keto um, probably about 10 years ago. And I mm -hmm. did try keto and I did keto for a long time um, and kept my weight off for quite a long time on keto. But then I tried to introduce some additional types of foods that were higher carb because it was kind of if you fit if it fits within your macro macros type of uh, methodology. Uh -huh, uh -huh, and uh, uh -huh. so that means you could be basically eat anything as long as you eat a small enough amount of it to keep it under 20 carbs a day. And so I would go to McDonald's and I would get fries and I would eat fry, five fries, you know, just count them. And <laughs> Is that five. possible? It's kind of crazy. And then I would go and I would get like grapes and I would eat five grapes or something like that. So um, 
you know, the thing that really got me though was the sweet corn. A couple of years ago, I tried sweet sweet corn and I was like, I was like, it's summer, you know, we have great sweet corn around in this area. And I really wanted some that summer and I fell off of keto and could not get back on mm. for two years. And so I gained a bunch of weight, kept trying to get back on keto. I couldn't get back on it. Uh, so that's when I decided to try carnivore was back in February. And, and types of, of, uh, of, uh, side effects you were noting for years, uh, any, any other symptoms and diseases you were experienced besides the, the work on the weight? Yeah. Um, actually, um, I had hypertension, um, and my dad has like a heart disease and chronic hypertension. And I noticed that I started to have these headaches and, um, and so I thought I'm probably having an elevation in my blood pressure. And so I started to take my blood pressure every day and it was going up. Uh, so I went to the doctor, they put me on some kind of drug for it. And I was like, I'm not going to take a drug. I'm, I know that I can relieve this with diet. Um, so I did, um, cure my hypertension with keto actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is um, hand eczema, so dishydrotic eczema. I've had a very, I've had severe eczema all of my life, really, and um, but this hand eczema started to get worse as I got older, and I noticed like if I eat potatoes, if I eat sugar, uh, if I eat things that convert to sugar, I will have a reaction and my dishydrotic eczema will flare up. So. That's something that I wanted to work on through doing an elimination diet. Um, also, sleep apnea. I was trying to, you know, get rid of sleep apnea because the machine, first of all, I'm in menopause. So I'm having all these hot flashes. Too hot to be wearing a <laughs> CPAP at night. <laughs> it's just too hot. So, um, you know, I, I end up taking it off and then I'm, you know, choking at night and that kind of thing. So I, I have been hearing that you could, you know, alleviate your sleep apnea with a um, a carnivore diet or, you know, a very low carb diet. So those are the main things. And then also severe anxiety. Um, And I had a little bit of depression after COVID, I think, you know, because I was in the house for two years. My job sent me home and um, I worked from home for two years straight. Um, and I wow. still do work from home, but without going into the office, without seeing people for two years. So I think I did suffer from some depression uh, because of that. Um, and then just the fear of it all, you know, was very scary um, and not being able to see your family and all that stuff. So it was really kind of scary. But anxiety was creeping up on me before COVID started. I started to realize like I'm I'm having a problem where I I was driving like 90 miles to work a day. And I would have to get off the highway and drive all the back roads to try to get home because I was having so much anxiety driving on the highway. Um, And that's continued. um, Well, it's better now. I would say it's better, but it's just not all the way gone yet. So tell us a little bit about your, uh, your adventure into carnivore. Did you jump right in? Did you sort of slow it in? How was the pace and what are the things that you found that, you could eat and enjoyed and in the changes that you noticed when you went that route? 
So I did jump right in. Um, I was fairly low carb because I had been trying to get back on keto um, that entire two year period that I, it took me to, to act, finally decide to try carnivore. Um, so I was fairly low carb and I just jumped right in. Um, and but I was eating a variety of different kinds of meats, um, all the meats, really pork mm. and chicken and beef and um, everything. And, uh, and so it was, it was pretty easy. I felt like for me to, to do the carnivore diet because I really like meat anyway. <laughs> um, and so it wasn't very difficult to do. Um, but I felt like an alien to my family who were looking at me like I was crazy for doing it, doing it. And, um, you know, they couldn't believe that I was gonna, uh, just eat only meat uh, and then, and then I had said that I was going to do it for 90 days in my mind. I thought I'm going to do it for 90 days. I'm going to see how it, how I feel when I did it for 30 days after the 30 days, um, I felt so much better emotionally, mentally, um, that I was like, I'm not ever going to be able to go back because I just, I had that carnivore Zen. Everybody talks about it, you know? And, um, my, my mood was amazing. I just felt so calm and so collected, like after 30 days, um, I did have an, and one side effect was that I did have diarrhea for quite a long time, probably mm -hmm. the first mm -hmm. 30 days. But I knew that, like, I already knew that I was going to do it for 90 days, no matter what. So even though I was having that problem, I was trying to tweak my fat, um, you know, different, doing different things to try to see if I could relieve myself of that. It lasted for 30 days. And, um, but the other benefits were so good um, that I just, I knew that I wasn't going to go back. Tell us a little bit about uh, your adventure into the social media, YouTube, and sharing your story and reaching out and beginning to interview uh, those that inspire all of us. So um, when I first started Carnivore, I knew that I wanted to start a YouTube channel. I wanted to start my YouTube channel, but I didn't do it. I started taking a couple of videos, um, but I didn't post anything. Um, and so it was several months later that I started watching Carrie. Somehow he showed up on my feed um, at Homestead Howe. And Carrie was saying, uh, I didn't even see, he had a, he did a 30-day video, but I didn't see that. I saw a video where he was like climbing up a pergola and he was like, like doing lifts, lifting himself up and stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. This guy is crazy. <laughs> Let me watch him. But um, he got more and more enthusiastic and passionate about it as I watched him. And then he started to talk about the carnivore diet documentary. And um, I was like, this is exactly what we need, you know, is the carnivore diet document documentary. And he was saying, if you are a carnivore, you need to do, do a, you need to have a YouTube channel. You need to start your YouTube channel. And he was very enthusiastic about that. Yeah. 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 And so I finally said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I looked, actually, I looked around all over YouTube. I searched to try to find somebody who looks like me doing mm -hmm. carnivore. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't find anybody. Um, and I know that like that black carnivore was out there. She, her channel has not been active for a while. So I think she's on hiatus or something, but I feel like she was a, she was a unicorn in the space. She just was um, one of, of one <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, so I said, well, you know, I really want to speak about this and I want to be able to speak freely about it. I want to be able to talk to people about what am I doing? You know, why am I doing it? Talk to some of the experts, the docs that are actually talking about this and sharing this, this information so freely and so generously like you, Dr. Kiltz. And um, and also, I just see this gap where there's not anybody that looks like me that's talking about this, you know. And uh, so I decided that I would go ahead and start the channel. And I just started the channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what do you, it will tell us a little bit about the, the Black, um, maybe, and other minorities uh, that maybe are, or lacking in this knowledge, because I know in my practice, um, women of color are at higher risk of reproductive disorders for one. And I think if you look at hypertension, diabetes, and, and, and is there, they're not, you know, just getting this information is hard enough, uh, but what's your sense of the community and, and what do we all need to do to better help share the story uh, to inspire people that are at higher risk of of the diseases that are that are harming our communities. So one thing that I will say about I feel about my community is that we trust our doctors, and when our doctors tell us something, we take that as almost as the gospel. Mm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so, of course, doctors. Um, I'm finding out that doctors are not really trained in nutrition um, unless they take a, a specialty in nutrition. Um, which is wrong then, anyway. Right. Yeah, which is wrong anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's so, our craziness, right? <laughs> yeah. So, for instance, I'll give you this example. My mom went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, and the doctor told, and she told the doctor that she was doing a carnivore diet. The doctor said, I don't know what that is, but you mm -hmm. need to eat some, you need to eat fruit and you need to eat vegetables and you need to have fiber for your gut microbiome. Now that is a hundred percent wrong. It's incorrect. She doesn't need any of those things, <laughs> you know? So that's the problem, right? Is that we're going to the doctor with all of these diseases, type, type two diabetes, kidney disease, um, just everything that you can think of. Um, and the doctor is telling us that we have to have, eat a banana a day, eat an apple a day. Um, my my father-in-law just had open heart surgery. Wow. Just had open heart surgery. And they sent him home on a Mediterranean diet. He's still eating a banana a day and an apple a day. Um, and, and, and it's like, it's just so concerning to me. So I feel that there is this trend and I see it in my community in particular, cause I'm in the community, right? Yes. Toward yes. vegetarian and vegan diets. 
Um, and we know, I mean, I know from people in my family who've been vegan, they were vegan for years and then had adrenal failure, failure and had to go off of being on a vegan diet because their adrenals couldn't handle all whatever the vegetable vegetables were doing to them. So that's the concern that I have. And then there's, of course, uh, Dr. Sebi, who was talking about um, a vegetarian, uh, vegan diet. And a lot of African-Americans and people of color listen closely to him and take that uh, information to heart. So what I want to make sure is, okay, yes, you can do a vegetarian, you can do a plant-based diet. You may be able to be okay on it if you do supplementation, like you told me when we talked the other day. Um, but if, but there's another option, and this option is a viable, a good and viable option that you can consider. But people won't consider it because in the in the mainstream it's, it's like a taboo. Like it's not a good, it's not good. If you eat too much red meat, um, you'll make yourself sick. You're, it's going to kill you if you eat too much red meat. So that's my concern. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, I I see uh, many people of color and I talk a lot about this and, and, but it's one of those things you realize that you're, 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 you're saying, you're speaking it, but it, it just goes in one and out the other. And, and although I, I'm believing that more and more people are beginning to hear this and see this. And what are your thoughts on what we can do? Because the doctors changing their, their story, uh, but, but for all of us in the community to share more of it, but again, what, what's your theory How or what are your ideas that, that we can all help to improve the knowledge of a truly proper human diet as our good friend, uh, Dr. Ken Berry and Nisha Berry love to share. Yes, I think we're doing it. It has to be a grassroots effort because we can see that there is too, too much. I'm going to say money to be made. I don't know if we're going to, if you're going to post that out there, but there's too much money to be made in keeping people sick. Um, and so I feel like it's, it, it, we're going against a tidal wave really. Um, so it's gotta be a grassroots effort. I feel like we're doing it. The carnivore diet documentary is something that is absolutely needed. You guys were on reversed. That was absolutely needed. I watched that. I watched both episodes of that. It was absolutely amazing. And these are the kinds of things that will influence people. I mean, I have one person that I'm watching on my Facebook page that is making changes because she's hearing from me that this is, this is a good viable option that she can try, you know, that you don't have to eat sugar. Like sugar is going to make you sick. Um, yeah. It is a poison. And, 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 that, and just that one person, it's just such a big deal, you know, to influence one person to make a change for the better. So, um, I feel like we're doing the grassroots type of effort. I would love to see the um, the medical community. I mean, I see that there are some changes happening. Um, like uh, I heard that the um, the ADA, the American Di Diabetes Association, recently changed some of their guidance quietly mm. <laughs> on their website. 
um, uh, the Heart Association also has changed some of their guidance to say that a keto diet um, is a is a feasible option. But you need to be careful with keto diet because if you're on medication, you know your blood pressure is going to go down. Well, that's a good thing. That's what we want. We want the blood you pressure off, to go down. You might get off your <laughs> medications. Yes. Gee, and and you know it's interesting because I'm I, I it's scientists are are an interesting breed. Not that we're different than any other human being, but uh, all of us are our, our, our belief systems and our opinions are very rigid, and changing them is not an easy thing to do. And and we're taught we are taught nutrition. We're taught that the Mediterranean diet, essentially, or vegan, vegetarian, plant based diet, is the best. Although we're not labeled as nutritionists, but that's kind of where our training comes from, I think. And fat is bad. So fat got the blame for ultimately what plants and sugars, you know, animals and fat got blamed for what plants and sugars really do. And, and as you mentioned, you, you love sweet corn. I, I love the love sweet corn, sweet cream corn was my favorite. as growing oh, up as a kid. Oh, when we got that mm-hmm. canned sweet corn. <laughs> <laughs> cream corn, uh, which, which, you know, it's like, you never touch that today. So, so in your, in your community, in your, your blogging, your social media, what is, what is your true mission and how can we all help in that? So my true mission is to make sure, so I, I, I have a community, right. And that is important to me, but, but my community is everybody. Anybody who will listen, right? So I want to make sure that I'm I'm talking to people like you, like Dr. Barry, like Dr. Hampton, and other people who have a voice and have the credentials to be able to speak. So that is why I reach out to you, because I'm like, I need to get people who my people will listen to and the, who they listen to are doctors. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can say this because my daughter, my daughter is a PA, right? Hmm. She is a family practice uh, PA and she, she's, a, she's been a PA for like three years, but everybody wants to hear what she has to say, you know, about everything, anything that's going on with them. They want to talk to her about it. So that credential means a lot in my community. It means a lot. So that's why I said I'm going to reach out to the doctors and see if I can get them to come on and be a voice speaking to this particular community. And then also to everybody else too, you know, bonus. We get to talk to everybody. <laughs> so do you, do you think, and where does keto fall in 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 this conversation? Um versus carnivore can can we invite more people in on the keto side help them feel better and help them get down on the drugs the dissections the doctors and 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 diminish the side effects that they're feeling from what we believe is a plant-based low animal fat diet and then once they're there they're going to be more apt to listen and learn and be open Yes, absolutely. So, so according to the guidance that I hear from Dr. Barry on a proper human diet, it is a, a keto, ketovore, carnivore, lion, um, all of that fits within the spectrum of the proper human diet. I just found that for me, 
keto was not sustainable because I have a carb addiction. So I was, I went very extreme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. not able to, to sustain myself and stay on a keto diet because I would just, I would just kind of like lose my mind with the carbs. We're here yeah. on the carnivore diet. I don't have any cravings for anything except potato salad once in a while. <laughs> Crave <laughs> potato salad. I don't know why that is. I haven't well, had well, it. What's, how's ages, the potato but... salad made? What's in the potato salad? Yeah, it's going to have some mustard and eggs and relish and potatoes and I don't know, seasoning, salt, onions, mayonnaise, <laughs> sour cream. Because we used to have a a, yeah. a a potato salad with 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 sour cream, potatoes, mm. bacon, salt, mm -hmm. and eggs. Very simple. Which and you know it's interesting because I still think it's possible to eat a few carbs, mm. mm -hmm. and they're not our killer unless you happen to have an anaphylactic reaction to that carbohydrate that plant. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, it, it's the, the keto paleo fasting, I think are really helpful, but adding the fat is such a critical thing and being careful to stay away from the thing that's addictive, that you're not able to, to, to stop quickly and easily. Right. So for me, certainly potatoes fit within that category because not only are they highly addictive for me. Uh, but they are, they cause my hand eczema to flare. So mm, if I eat mm. potatoes, that sugar, uh, it just causes my hands to blister. Wow. So wow. I can't, I can't really, I went to um, Amsterdam a few years back and, you know, they eat potatoes with every meal. <laughs> Basically they're, they eat fries all the time and my hands completely blistered over. Like, wow. I have some pictures of it. It, it was so bad. Um, how bad my hands blistered after I ate potatoes like that. So I, I don't, I don't really eat potatoes, but I, I would do like a cauliflower potato salad type of a thing. Um, but I don't, I don't really want to eat any vegetables. I'm like, if I was going to eat a vegetable, I might eat a, eat cabbage because I've tried it and it didn't cause any problem for me, but I'm not going to eat any vegetables right now. Any other thoughts and ideas on improving one's life other than what we eat? I know that you yeah. particularly talk a lot about faith and spirituality. And mm -hmm. I think that's something most important in all of our lives. Can you share uh, that aspect of your life with all of us? Absolutely. I am a Christian um, and I believe in uh, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I believe that, that that is a foundational piece for me. So um, actually, I am, my husband is a, um, as an assistant pastor. My father-in-law is a pastor. Uh, they pastor a church here in Kalamazoo, and uh, and I am what we call a missionary, which is like a minister in uh, in my church. So faith is a is the foundation of everything, truly. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that what God is doing in this season is reminding us of what He meant for us the entire time. He did not mean for us to eat a bunch of processed food, you know. Um, and and load up on sugars, um, although, you know, there are naturally occurring sugars. But if you think about, um, I mean, and I've been hearing this from 
Dr. Berry, right? From, from an ancestral perspective, uh, this food was not available in every season. You know, like you couldn't just go outside and pick an apple off of a tree all times of the year. Those things would be eaten in their seasons um, and different fruits and things like that and vegetables would only be eaten in season. Uh, whereas now, you know, we can ship things from all over the world and have them right at our fingertips all year long and just gorge on this food that's really not healthy for us. Um, so faith, I feel like God, this is a gift from God. I feel a calling to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I call myself like a carnivore evangelist um, because I feel like God has given me a calling to speak about this. Um, and until he says, stop speaking about it, I will be continuing to speak about it. I think I like that. The carnivore evangelist that, that <laughs> I would, I would uh, absolutely put you there because I think it is so important to talk. I would say faith and food make a fertile life. And, and the yes. foundation is faith over anything else. And whether you're a vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, pescatarian, carnivorian, it doesn't matter. Have faith in God and see the beauty that God has given us each and every day. But he is sharing some thoughts and ideas that that we just have to sort of look at and, and consider as, as 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 opportunities to change and grow and, and learn. Right. That's right. Yeah. So I I, uh, I mean, if you think about how people used to think, I, I was listening to somebody, they were talking about how some of these older books, old books, they knew how to eat. You know, they knew that you had to cook the heck out of vegetables before you could eat them. <laughs> or you grind just, them, ferment them, soak them, them, any of these things, yeah. right? Take the seeds out, all of that kind of thing that people back in the day used to know. Uh, and then, you know, eat your meat first, those kinds of things. Uh, whereas today, you know, we're just kind of focused on plants and fill your fill most of your plate up with plants and very small, lean meat, no fat. So I think that's caused a lot of problems. I can look around me and see how big of a problem that that has caused. It's it's such a simple concept and idea. Tell us a little bit about your, your menu. My menu, uh, particularly it's mainly beef. Um, I do eat bacon and eggs. Typically, um, if I'm eating normally, I eat twice a day, two meals a day, um, and I'll have bacon and eggs when I get hungry. So I'm the one really amazing thing is I'm only eating if I'm hungry. If I'm not hungry, I don't feel any desire to eat or snack or have some have just a little something because, you know, I'm peckish. No, I don't really have that anymore. Uh, I just eat when I'm hungry eat till I'm full. And so I eat bacon and eggs typically when I break my fast. Um, I did give up coffee recently. Um, and also I gave up sweeteners recently. Amazing. Which was crazy. Giving up sweeteners was harder than quitting eating carbs. It was, and it was emotionally uh, draining. Uh, I felt just bad. I felt sad. I felt down. I felt just heartbroken over the fact that I couldn't have anything sweet for for probably a, close to a month. Um, 
And uh, so that was quite something. <laughs> can can but, you share and, with our, those listening how you how you went about that that journey of giving up the sweets and which sweets were you mostly consuming? So my big thing was sweet drinks. So like um, Diet Coke was a big thing for me. All of the sugar-free sweetened drinks like teas and um, lemonades and um you know, those little meal things that you squirt in your water, um, all these different kinds of sweet drinks. And I had would stock up. I would go to Costco and go to uh, Sam's Club and buy the big old container of it and bring these sweet drinks in the house. And that would be what I would drink in addition to water, but mostly the sweet drinks. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, so and then also coffee with uh, liquid sucralose and also sweetened creamers. So um, I gave I gave all of that up. I gave the sweeteners up first and I kept the coffee in uh, for a time. And then um, I think what it was, was I was listening to Dr. Chafee one night and Dr. Chafee said, if you're drinking coffee and using sweeteners, you need to give that up immediately. For some reason, it really resonated with me, though I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. So that that day I decided that I would give up the sweeteners the next day. And I did. Wow. Um, I just decided that I was not going to, to use it anymore. Um, and 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 then I I went through the withdrawals. And what I did was I did videos about it and I posted them up on YouTube and I talked about addiction and and how to cure an addiction. And the only way that you can actually get over an addiction is to abstain. And so, um, so that helped me to be able to stay focused on my goal was to realize that it truly was an addiction and that if I abstain, that I could get away from that addiction. I could, you know, put that addiction in remission as long as I don't continue to eat sweet or have sweet tastes in my mouth. So, so the sweet, um, sweet was harder than the coffee, which was the hardest. Sweets was harder than the coffee. It was emotionally, uh, challenging. Um, mm -hmm. I was mad about it. <laughs> I was mad about it. And I felt, you know, and I, you know, that, that carnivore Zen that I had, um, uh, where I thought that I was not having any cravings for anything. I was doing so good. I realized that I had still been craving sweets and I still had been having sweets. Um, and, uh, so that Zen feeling that I had originally went away. And I had a really bad uh, emotional time with giving up those sweets. Very, very difficult. It was almost as hard as quitting smoking. So the 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 uh, the human addictions, uh, tobacco, um, and and caffeine, and um, sweets, uh, those are very very difficult to to give up. And 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 I think so many people will stick to a plant-based diet because it fills those things, those, those areas, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of the things that you buy in the store, they're all, they're all kind of plant-based and chemical-based, I would call yeah. them, you know, they have all of those ingredients hidden inside, you know, it could be sugar-free, but it also has, you know, maltodextrin or some other type of uh, sugar-free sweetener that keeps you addicted to the sweet taste. So, um, 
if it's an, if it's got a label on it with with more than eggs or beef or pork or cream or butter then we want to we want to stay away right absolutely totally agree with that that's my advice Just, to anybody who's going to try to start uh, is to eat one ingredient foods um, limit your sugar, reduce your carbohydrates, try to try to get it down to under 20 carbs a day um, and um, and increase your fat. Eat a lot of fat, more fat than you thought you needed. <laughs> what's what's your preferred fat? How do you make sure you're getting enough fat? So I do use butter, um, but uh, one of the main things that I do is my um, stepdad, he does briskets all the time. So he gets all these brisket trimmings. And so I'll render those down and get the tallow out. And then they make these little crispy bits and it's just pure fat. <laughs> and so I'll eat some of those. And I do like the um, the brown butter bites as well, but those crispy um, brisket bites are super delicious. And just put some uh, Redmond smoked salt on them and they're just amazing. Yeah. How's your family, your husband doing with these changes for yourself? And is anyone else latching on and, and uh, following and or leading? Yeah, so um, nobody in my family, except for my youngest daughter, it, she just started carnivore last week. Hmm. I was so proud of her to tell me. She didn't tell me that she was starting. She just started. And yesterday she told me that she started. So I was very proud of her for, for trying it. Um, I've encouraged my family to at least go low carb, um, which is like what a lot of them are trying to do is go low carb. My mom, she did go carnivore for a little bit and she's went kind of more towards ketovore uh, because she kind of wants to keep some of the vegetables in. Um, but she is doing uh, doing really good. And then also my husband's doing good. Um, he is not he, I don't think he is ready for carnivore. <laughs> Although he does agree that it's beneficial. Um, hmm. And so he knows that, it, you know, he knows the benefits of it. And he's kind of seen what's happened with me, of course. And so he is more keto to ketovore. So mostly when I cook, I will prepare a vegetable for him, but it's, it's meat-based. So he gets a meat and fat-based meal, <laughs> just like I do. So yeah, he's doing pretty good. Tell us a little bit about the meetup. I think there was one recently, Chicago, with yes. uh, I know Tony Hampton. Uh, yes. Was Gary from Homestead Howe there? Yes. I can't remember who yes. else was there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about oh the gosh. community and how important these meetups are. Oh my gosh. It was absolutely amazing. I went there with my best friend. Uh, and um, and we met so many awesome people. The, the really cool thing about the meetup was everybody there wasn't a carnivore yet. They were there to get encouragement to start, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, Carrie from Homestead Howe and his daughter, Emma, were there. Adam from Carnivore Today. Um, the Carnivore Brothers were there. Hoosier Carnivore was there. There was a bunch of them. I can't name them, all the names, but there were a bunch of YouTubers there. But then there were several people there who were just there to get encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Tony came in teaching, which was absolutely incredible. He taught for about 20 minutes straight. And then he met every single person in the room and heard their stories. And that wow. was just so yeah. touching to me. Like, 
you know, so gracious, you know, to go around and meet every person and talk with every person, hear their story. Um, and it was just absolutely incredible. Um, we had a great time. Then we went to Fogo de Chao and had a meat feast. <laughs> and that was absolutely awesome. So I posted some video up. I posted quite a lot of the, the meetup because I wanted to be able to share with people who weren't able to go. So I just recorded as much as I could. And then I posted the videos up over the, over a couple of days. There's a lot of, um, um, let's see, Dr. Ruth, who was the sex therapist has now gone into the loneliness work and, and, and really kind of very interesting and exciting because I think um, over COVID we're seeing so many people that were, that were sort of um, isolated. And, and I, I think one of the things I love about social media, I call it the new social medicine. And, mm-hmm. and rather than a scientific paper or data, we're getting individual human beings that are sharing the stories and inspiring individuals to be part of the, the, um, the stars of light in life and, and yes. helping sort of spread the word. And, but because you can be anywhere in this world and it doesn't require getting up, going out. Uh, and for so many people, there, there are a lot of people, I think, as you mentioned, anxiety and, and, mm-hmm. and, and so much nervousness and so many people that just don't feel comfortable out in crowds. What, what are your sort of thoughts on how social media is sort of inspired in social medicine and how, People like yourself that are not in the medical community, medical field, but are actually inspiring more people on a health and wellness journey than maybe the doctor down the street at the clinic. That is so cool, I think. I mean, I'm just a regular person. You know what I mean? I'm just a grandma of 11. I'm concerned about my family you know, when my father-in-law was going in for his open heart surgery, that was very scary. Um, and, um, and you know, so I just think that there's people out here like me, they're just regular and they want to be able to, t- to talk about this and give people hope and give them another option. Um, and I think that's really awesome. I, I feel like I'm an introvert. Um, and uh, so... I'm kind of, I'm not shy. That's probably not the right word, but it takes energy for me to be around people. But when I was with those carnivores, I felt like a social butterfly, you know, just being around them, being around like-minded people who are trying to do something different and trying to improve their health, seeing people who have actually improved their health and made, you know, getting off their medicines and getting rid of pain and all of those kinds of things. And, you know, meeting people who who watch me and they know me and I haven't met them yet. So that was really, really cool. Um, I think it's very cool, the social media thing. Um, And it's giving us an outlet for us to talk about things and and really be grassroots, you know. Uh, And and there's so many different things that people are talking about on these social media sites. But for Carnivore in particular, you know, this whole diet, carnivore diet documentary, Healing Humanity with a Proper Human, the Power of a Proper Human Diet, it's a grassroots effort. You know, it's it's 
people who are inspired by being on carnivore and seeing the benefits that they can get and then willing to share willing to share their finances and share their stories and you know and just give give back uh so it's pretty amazing i love it do you have any particular books of inspiration that that you might share with our listeners that you think is something people should consider um, spending some time reading, listening to? Oh my gosh. I don't read very many books, actually. <laughs> I read the Bible have? a lot. Um, that's probably the one that I read the most. But there are a couple of books that I did read that were excellent. Um, one is The Obesity Code by Dr. Mm. Jason Fung. Yes. That was an excellent book. Um, Lies My Doctor Told Me by Dr. Kim. Kim Berry. Very, very good book. Um, and I'm trying to think of another one. There was another one on fasting by Dr. Fung. It was um, an amazing book that talks all about fasting and, you know, how to do it and the benefits and all of that. So I did read those three books recently, and those were awesome. And and tell us a little bit about your take on fasting and whether or not you you practice fasting and you think it's something that we should all incorporate into our carnivore lifestyle. I think that if you're a carnivore, you're probably going to do some intermittent fasting automatically because you're just not going to be hungry. You'll find that you're just less hun hungry naturally if you eat till you're sati satiated with the uh, meat and fat. It'll take longer for you to get hungry. So mm -hmm. you'll do some mm -hmm. intermittent fasting uh, automatically, but um, I do do some um, extended fasting as well. Um, usually at the beginning of the year, I'll do a try to do a either at least a three, five to seven day fast, a spiritual fast, which is also of course very beneficial for the body, allowing for autophagy autophagy to occur and yourself clean up and all that kind of a thing. So. Um, those are really great fasts. Um, sometimes I will do like an OMAD, um, but I usually don't. I usually just eat twice a day uh, because mm -hmm. that's when I find that I'm hungry. Now, I feel like I'm pretty new at carnivore. Um, only uh, I'm just about nine months. In a few mm -hmm. days, it'll be nine months. So there's probably things that are still going to continue to change for me as I go along. You know, as I'm years and years into it, it will be different. But right now I do eat uh, two meals a day and the rest of the time is intermittent fasting. Now, I did talk to you and you told me that fasting is at least 24 to 36 hours. I think you said you have to fast for a few days to actually be fasted. <laughs> to, tru to truly fast, you have to do it for, for at least uh, two to three days, maybe longer for the really big um, plant-based eaters that need a lot of fiber because essentially the plants in the gut are still digesting. And so you're not in a true fast. I mean, when we use the term fasting, we say not eating. And so that's our spiritual practice. But the longer you go, the better you, you get at this. And autophagy, as you mentioned, basically your autophagy is always happening, but you're getting less damage as you're allowing the 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 food that's digesting to be finally be emptied out of the gut and and there's always some some uh, uh some uh, uh 
damaged, dead, and dying cells because that's just the nature of 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 oxidation and and burning of of uh, a fuel to make energy. But it, it's improved by I think a two to three day fast, and I'd like a five to seven day fast. Uh, in I do it in January and July. And we do it together because it's so much better when we all do it together because it's not easy, but it's easier when you have coaches and cheerleaders and others on the same, on the same journey. I typically do a two to three day fast the first Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the month. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, So I wait till I don't do it. If the first is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I will not do it because those are typically my, my uh, go out, meet out and uh yeah. and and not uh, and fasting isn't this easy for sure so um any any fitness things that you put into your lifestyle also any walking weights uh or anything else on the physical side yes so i have two little dogs which i need to walk and so i do walk them a couple of times a day um, I also been doing a couple of challenges. So mm. this month I'm doing a hula hoop challenge. <laughs> Ooh, I need to get a hula hoop. <laughs> I got a hula hoop. Yeah. So I got the kind that stays up and it just has a weight that goes around you. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, uh, so I've been doing that and then I'm doing also a plank challenge this month. So, um, but I do have a Peloton. My Peloton's been sitting collecting dust. So I've been committing myself to getting my Peloton back going again pretty soon. So probably for five the month of December, I'll challenge. Five minutes a day on your on your Peloton. There's the challenge. Yeah. Five minutes a okay. day, all you need. And right. I do yeah. 15 minutes a day on my bike. Uh, and and uh, and I, I actually extended it to 30 minutes a day. And, Good. and, uh, but, but it's stuff. You start at five minutes a day. I always, you know, set a simple daily challenge and, yes. and I was doing 30 push ups a day. Now I'm doing a hundred and we have That's the November awesome. hundred challenge, which is mm-hmm. do a hundred push ups, pull ups, sit ups, steep knee bends, walking, but you just add them all up to be a hundred. You could do five minutes on the Peloton. You could do 20 minutes of this and, you know, add it up in minutes, or you could add it up in counting, whatever you want. It's, it's start with whatever is, I always say, pick a simple, doable, obtainable challenge. But as you begin to do it, you'll extend it. I used mm-hmm. to run 10 miles a few times a week and I hated running. So I started mm. off with a half a mile and I had a, I, I ran a half a mile down the road back and it was a, you could, you could walk while I'm running. That was the beauty <laughs> of my run. It was never, it, it, but then I would sprint and I would walk and I would go slow and easy. I stopped running because mm-hmm. my, my knees and hips were beginning to go and I don't do any of that anymore, but I like to get on my bike yeah. a little bit. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I think the, you know, the, everyone, we all, you know, I do have my bike that sat for a long time and, um, and I, now when I'm, I'm in Florida a little bit, I get on my bike and go for a bike ride and, and oh, I actually good. bike ride over to the gym and I, and I, and I do some gym work and those are important things. So, yes, Any, yes. I, I know I need to do a little bit more. I've been wanting to add some. Wait, I've been watching your now. Look, I'm addicted to this five o'clock thing, and I don't like getting up this early. <laughs> so sometimes I'll come in at 5:30 because I didn't wake up on time. 
But it's so it's so encouraging to me what you're doing at five o'clock in the morning to start out with that that day with positivity. And it, it makes all the difference in the world. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, it is always exciting to see people that we know and that show up, say hi, even if for a minute. And and I love all the new people that are coming in and we're sharing this. And 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 I the reason I do it because I need it. And, and so many people share positivity right back at me. And I think that's one of the things in in medicine, we don't practice very much because you go to your doctor to get your, 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 your grades of how you're doing. And quite commonly, they're not good. And your doctor is Mm -hmm. not your cheerleader or coach. He's your sort of your negative Nelly. Oh, you're looking bad, too much weight gain, your blood pressure. And here's another, you know, and so, so I think that really our doc, our job as doctors, as healthcare professionals, like your, your daughter's the PA is mm-hmm. how can we be more like a coach and cheerleader to encourage health and wellness practices? And even when, even when the numbers is like, Hey, listen, you're looking great. How you doing? You know, we, we're, we're not, we, we get a five minute visit with our patients 10 minute, maybe max, you know, it's one problem. Give me your problem. Okay. I'll give you, we could touch that, but if it's more than that, you know, we got to set up something different. So that's why I love about the 5 a.m. And plus I'm a morning person Mm -hmm. getting up early. I think it's one of the, it's God's time. It's God's time. It's quiet time. I usually get up at three. And I usually drive to work because I do my lives from work usually, but I'm in Florida now. I do it from the house, but I do get up at 3.30. I do some meditation and prayer for about an hour and and listening to a book or reading some books and always always biblical quotes, always spiritual context, mm-hmm. always positivity that I'd love to yes. share with others because someone wrote those for our benefit. And, and mm-hmm. that's the part I think is, is missing for so many of us in general healthcare. Yes, that's right. It's amazing. I I find myself like if I wake up too late to see it, I feel like, oh dang, I missed it. <laughs> I need that positivity in the morning now. It's pretty awesome. I think I think we do. And and I notice because I listen to you when you read the biblical quotes, and I think that's such an important. I know that uh, Sean White also does, and many others, you know, they'll 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 sprinkle little of faith in this and no matter what your religion practice religious practice is it's all all important for it's our cultures around the globe namaste inshallah god bless and all these things are are important uh, for us Mm to um to share in the world is there anything robin that i haven't asked that you, you think is important or you wanted to share and i haven't i haven't brought it out yet I don't think so, Dr. Kiltz. I just really want to say that I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your generosity in giving your time to talk to just regular people like me, you know, and and give your time and give your ex- expertise, give us the knowledge that we need to be able to make it through here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I just really, really appreciate what you're doing. It's awesome. Well, I honor what you're doing and I feel blessed and honored in so many ways because I think all of us are just regular human beings and we're mm-hmm. on a journey. And and what we can see, at least in the health and wellness space, is maybe our standard 
concepts like like Dr. Ken Barry has written in the lies my doctor tells me is is maybe not uh, in the strictest of truth. And uh, we're there's so many thoughts and ideas and how we can all listen and learn and and mm -hmm. and realize that there's and I think the important part is that the more we all speak of this, if you've healed in the keto carnivore space, uh, share it and tell us a little bit about what you've done and where you've come from. That is such an important, important component for each and every one of us. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, I want to thank you and tell everyone that's listening where they can find you and listen to more of what you have to share. So I am on YouTube at Robin Heron, Carnivorous Grandma. It's G-R-A-M-A, -A, <laughs> not Grandma, um, because all my grandkids call me Grandma. Uh, and then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook um, at Carnivorous, Carnivorous Grandma and on TikTok at Carnivorous Grandma. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for the time that you've spent today to share your wisdom and healing ideas. And I just want to thank everyone for listening. And I appreciate the likes, the subscribes, the shares, and check out drkilts.com and more for uh, let's carnivore conversations for everyone. God bless everyone. Have an awesome and amazing day uh, each and every day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkilts.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.